whispered, gazing into the old man's deadened eyes. All bets are off, father. Then Bobby rose and nodded. Thank you, doctor, for all you've done. I'll make sure word gets to my brothers. Varga tried to read what was in the son's eyes. Grief, disbelief. His father's illness had gone on so long, and now the day had finally come. No, it was more of a question that was written there. For years, the old man had held everything together, through the force of his own will. What would happen now? Bobby led his wife by the arm and left the room. Varga stepped over to the window. He opened the shutters, letting in the morning light. The dawn had washed over the valley. The old man owned it all for miles, far past the gates, the grazing lands, the glistening cordillera, 3,000 meters high. Two black American SUVs were parked next to the stables. A couple of bodyguards, armed with machine pistols, were lounging on a fence, sipping their coffee, unaware. Yes, Varga muttered. Get word to your brothers. He turned back to the old man. See, you bastard. Even in death you are a dangerous man. The floodgates were open. The waters would be fierce. Blood never washes away blood. Except here. I hope you are finally at peace, old man. Wherever you are. Because all hell is going to break loose here. I don't know if it's a dream or if it's real. I step off the 2nd Avenue bus. It's only a couple of blocks to where I live. I know immediately something is wrong. Maybe it's the guy I see stepping away from the storefront, tossing his cigarette onto the sidewalk, following a short distance behind. Maybe it's the steady clacking of his footsteps on the pavement behind me as I cross over to 12th Street. Normally I wouldn't turn... I wouldn't think twice. It's the East Village. It's crowded. People are everywhere. It's just a sound of the city. Happens all the time. But this time I do turn. I have to. Just enough to glimpse the Hispanic man with his hands in his black leather jacket. Jesus, Kate. Try being a little paranoid, girl. Except this time I'm not being paranoid. This time the guy keeps following me. I tell myself this can't be happening. If you're going to wake up, Kate, now's the time. But I don't wake up. This time it's real. This time I'm holding a secret important enough to get myself killed. I cross the street, quickening my pace. My heart's starting to race. His footsteps are knifing through me now. I catch a glimpse of him in the reflection of a store window. The dark mustache and short, wiry hair. My heart's slamming back and forth off my ribs now. There's a market where I sometimes buy groceries. I run in. There are people there. For a second, I feel safe. I take a basket, hide between the aisles, throw in things I pretend I need. But all the while, I'm just waiting, praying he's passing by. I pay. I smile a little nervously at Ingrid, the checkout girl, who knows me. I have this eerie premonition. What if she's the last person to see me alive? 
Back outside, I feel relief for a second. The guy must be gone. No sign. But then I freeze. He's still there, leaning aimlessly against a parked car on the other side of the street, talking into a phone. His eyes slowly drift to mine. Shit, Kate. What the hell do you do now? Now I run. An indistinguishable pace at first, then faster. I hear the frantic rhythm of quickening footsteps on the pavement, but this time, they're mine. I grope in my bag for my phone. Maybe I should call Greg. I want to tell him I love him. But I know the time. It's the middle of his shift. All I'd get is his voicemail. He's on rounds. Maybe I should call 911 or stop and scream. Kate, do something now! My building's just a half a block away. I can see it now. The green canopy, 445 East 7th.